And hello, folks, and welcome to a very special edition of Amateur Hour, a News and Observer college sports podcast. I am your host, Andrew Carter. I cover UNC Athletics, and I'm in the palatial podcasting studio here at 215 South McDowell Street, downtown Raleigh. Beautiful view of the downtown happenings and surroundings here on this fine afternoon. Coming at you today with a special edition of the podcast because today was the day that they released the ACC football schedule. How about that, Joe Giglio? I'm pumped, Skinny. Pumped. Joe, I remember a day not too long ago when no one really cared about the release of the football schedule. Do you remember such a time? Absolutely. People were not, especially in the middle of basketball season. Although I do wish they'd pick a different time to release this thing. When do you think this became like a thing when people started to really like count down the day when this was going to be announced and when people really started to pay attention and care about the release of the ACC football schedule? When do you think that became like an event? Probably with Twitter. Just the last couple of years. I mean, I don't think it's been. I don't think it's been like New Year's or anything. <laughs> oh, it's been big. But I think people were. I think people get excited about certain things. Um, in this instance, I think we knew the opponents for a, for a little while now, actually. Um, just but you know, finding out the order and when the games are and, and who you're playing in consecutive weeks and toughest stretch, all that other good stuff. I think there's, I mean, there's some genuine interest in that. I think we just did a video, you and I, and uh, on the video you mentioned an anecdote, uh, kind of a funny story from. Back in 1997 with Mac Brown at North Carolina. North Carolina's 8-0. They're about to play Florida State. And what happened at that point in the year, Joe? One of my all-time favorite stories. I think it was 96. But it was they were unbeaten, 8-0, playing really well. Um, Florida State was number one, unbeaten. And it, for whatever reason, the ACC decided to release the basketball schedule that week. And, of course, you know, we wrote all about the basketball schedules coming out, and that's what we did. And, you know, Colton Turner loves to tell the story about how Mac Brown just didn't understand why this was such a big deal that we, Carolina and Florida State, unbeaten football teams were playing. Like, every story should have been about Carolina and Florida State football. Not, you know, I, I feel like Carolina was number one in the country that year, preseason in basketball, too. So, um, and, the, uh, of course, the postscript is Mac left – that winter for Texas now, didn't didn't have to worry about that in Texas. Yeah, I mean, uh, Texas is one of the, if not the best job in college football. It's it's number two, but Tudor always loves to tell a story about how the the basketball schedules is one of the reasons that Mac left Carolina for for Texas. You never know. You never know. But Joe, uh, looking at these football schedules that came out today, and the two teams that we cover. You know, I cover UNC, obviously you cover State. These two teams have some pretty difficult schedules, I think, both of them. I mean, past couple of years, especially last year, State fans like to chide UNC fans for their team not having played that difficult of a slate. No, you know, NC State fan being like, well, we have to play Clemson and Florida State year after year, which is certainly a fair observation to make. But UNC has to go down to Florida State, NC State playing Notre Dame, uh, at Carter Finley Stadium, what was your initial reaction to the Wolfpack's schedule once you saw 
it and all of its glory? Because like you said, we did know the opponents and yeah. the and the home and away type scenarios. But what was your initial reaction seeing it all unfold on paper? It's really tough. <laughs> I mean, I thought I thought that yesterday before I knew the order. I think even more so now. I, you know, there's a break on there, a, a smidge by opening with Wake Forest at home. I mean, in theory, I think one of the things that torpedoed this season for NC State was they opened with Louisville. They lost that game at home. I'm not saying that was the ACC's fault. I'm just saying once they lost that game, which was such a pivotal game for their season, I feel like it's almost like they never even really recovered if you think about it. Um, so at least with Wake Forest, now in theory on paper here in January, they have a chance to open next year 1-0 uh, in ACC play. Now where do you go from there? Because after that Wake Forest game, they have Notre Dame at home. They have Clemson on the road. They have Louisville on the road. Uh, I feel like I should entice people to watch our video, but I'll repeat some of my points here. I, if Clemson and Notre Dame aren't one and two or, you know, in the top – I mean, Clemson's going to be in the preseason number one. Notre Dame is going to be in the top ten. Florida State's going to be in the top ten, if not top five. Um, Carolina's going to be a top 25 team. Louisville, I think, is going to be a top 25 team. Miami, I think we both agree, has a chance to to finally have one of their really good seasons again for the first time since joining the ACC. So six of the 12 games they play are difficult. And then ECU is on the road, and I know ECU um, it has made a coaching change. They're a little bit in transition, but ECU's won their last five games against ACC opponents. Well, that'll get you fired, apparently, if you're – Ruffy McNeil, but getting back to the video, Joe, people need to watch the video just to see you and I in all of our glory, don't you think? You with the hair, and I got the the nice sweater going on today. Uh, beautiful sweater, yeah, and it's almost red. Even I know that gets it's reddish. Trouble. Yeah, I know that gets you in trouble. So uh, I wore blue just to, to counterbalance. With some buttons too on the collar, I like that. Uh, yeah, finally, you make me look like the biggest slob in America. So um, there's nothing I can do about our weight differences, but. That's not true. <laughs> That's just not true, Joe. You are not the biggest slob in America. Close. I, I crunched some numbers today, though, just getting back to Carolina's schedule this year, 2015, NC State schedule, 2015. Now, this number skewed because it includes Clemson and Baylor, who won 24 games between the two of them this year. So NC State, the, their opponents went 83-70 and 70 this year. Carolina's opponents this year, 80 and 73. Wow. Now, like I said, Clemson and Baylor, who were – those games were not scheduled by UNC. 24 and 4 between the two of them. But ultimately, I think they played very similar schedules this year. And, and obviously, you can't, you can't knock Carolina for being 11 and 3 and State for being 7 and 6. I don't, I don't think the schedule was a factor in that particular bottom line. Oh, I don't either. Um but, yeah, UNC did get a bad rep last year, right or wrong, for playing two FCS opponents. That was in the conversation late in the season when UNC found its way in the college football playoff yeah. discussion. A lot of critics brought up the fact that the Tar Heels played these two FCS opponents uh, and then, of course, lost the season opener last year against South Carolina. But it seems like the two FCS opponent argument would not hold water against UNC if UNC makes it through the schedule to have that kind of season where it's in the discussion late in 2016 don't you agree I do I mean they 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 are going to play two FCS stop don't make me say that word they're going to play two one double a teams in 2016 but 
unlike last year, you're talking about, well, now Georgia certainly could go three and nine. I don't think they will, though. Um, and then Florida State, Florida State's defense, I think we've talked about this on the on the Amateur Hour podcast before. Well, they could be really good next year defensively. And they seem to have figured out some things with Sean McGuire at quarterback. So, and Dalvin Cook's back. So, I just don't see how if Carolina well, – well, they were 11-1, and one, right? 11-1 and one last year. They had – they had won eleven straight games. Yeah. They won. They won those eleven games consecutively. Yeah, and, and look, we never would have sat here last year and said Carolina was going to go eleven and one, and we could sit here and say they're going to lose to Georgia and um, Florida State, or they're going to lose to Miami on the road. But the bottom line is, we don't know the answer to that. So I think if they find themselves in a position again next year where they're eleven and one, that to me feels like they. I, you're right. I don't think. Those one double A opponents that they're playing this year would would ultimately be a factor, the way that it was this year. NC State opens up with a one double A team of its own, William and Mary. I'll save my basketball joke. Let that be a uh, a video exclusive. <laughs> Let that be a video exclusive for Wolfpack Nation to go on there and like that. Uh, I'm sure no certain no sarcasm intended, but. One double A opponent over there. UNC again, like we just talked about, playing a couple one double A's. Big Ten has a rule: no one double A's in the Big Ten. Does the ACC need, ACC need a no one double A opponent rule, Joe? Do you think? What do you think? No, they need to ad- adopt my plan, which was you can play a one double A team, but you play them in August, and it's a preseason game. I like that. Hmm? How yeah. come they're not listening to you, Joe? Nobody ever listens to me, Skinny. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> College football, though, I feel like could really benefit from a preseason of some kind. Absolutely. I mean, especially, you know, you look at Carolina opening with Georgia, and I know Mitch Trubisky's not a traditional first-time starter. He's had some good experience, and and Larry can crow that all year next year because, you know, that's something that he's going to have in his back pocket that this kid has the experience that he does. But still, you're opening on the road, I mean, in Atlanta against a, an SEC team. And, you know, that's a tough environment. And if, if even if it's against the Citadel, who they're playing on November 19th, if you play them August 20th or 5th, August 19th, people are so starved for college football at that point. Okay, maybe you're not going to get 50,000 people at the game, but I bet you'd get at least 25,000 people at the game. Yeah, for a preseason 1AA type game? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be the Citadel. I mean, it could be Campbell. It could be um, a team from the state of North Carolina. That's what I was going to say is I feel like you have an opportunity to help out maybe some of the smaller in-state schools that don't have a you know, 1A football program but would like that opportunity, that exposure. It seems like something that could benefit a lot of parties. Yeah, another thing to consider is I wish they would all have the double bye week. Um, this is another calendar like this year where it's 13 weeks to play, to play 12 games because of where Labor Day falls. I like it better when it's 14 weeks to play 12. I, I, the second bye week I think helps. I think these college teams, maybe ESPN will finally make them go to a no one double A. They might add, make them add another conference game like the Big Ten has done. Um, I, but I think the pushback from the coaches is it's too much on the players and there's some safety concerns. I, I think that's exaggerated some, but I do I do think you could work with that in terms of if you had the extra bye week in there. Joe, what do you think the atmosphere is going to be like on October 8th when Notre Dame comes rolling into Carter-Finley setting? And they've never played, is that right? Never played in the regular season. So the only meeting they had was in the Gator Bowl. That's right. Yeah, 2003. NC State school record 11th win in the 2002 season. And I've already had people ask me for tickets for that game, which doesn't happen a lot. So 
I think people are looking forward to it. There's still something about Notre Dame. Um, uh, you know, people who are a little bit younger may not understand it, but there's still something about the, the brand of, of their name. And, and the last couple of years, you know, they, they've been – They've been better under Brian Kelly. I, again, I think they'll be a top ten team going into the season. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser, you know, they, they've lost some talent. They will lose some talent to the NFL draft, but um, I still think they'll be one of the best teams in the country. And I, I think there, there's an appeal there, certainly on your home field to see to see Notre Dame. New offensive coordinator at NC State. They hired a guy who is even younger than me, Joe. I didn't think that was possible. Yeah, Eli Drinkwitz from Boise State. Um, goes back with it, it feels like you know the the Auburn uh, coaching tree here um, for for the triangle uh, his roots go back with uh, Gus Malzahn at Auburn he, he was actually a, a GA to, to Malzahn actually Chiswick was the head coach at the time uh, he was an offensive assistant though and uh, was actually a coach at the same high school in Springdale Arkansas Malzahn was he followed them there what didn't work together with him but uh a protege if you will and and you know NC State has a first time starter at quarterback it's probably gonna be Jalen McClendon it could be Jacoby Myers um and, and Drinkwitz's best work I thought last year was with uh Brett Rippon a first time starter for, for Boise State so that's something that's really big for NC State next year when you look at the schedule all laid out in its glory, you take into account the fact that, <clears throat> like you said, they are going to have a, a first-year starting quarterback, a guy with no experience. They're breaking in a new offensive coordinator who's bringing in a scheme of his own. What's What do you feel like, and I know a lot of things are going to change, but here in late January, what do you feel like is a good season for NC State next year? I, I think I said this on the video. They won seven games this year, and people were disappointed, rightfully so, with the schedule that they had. I think if they win seven games next year, there's a chance Dave Doran's the ACC coach of the year. I mean, their schedule is very tough. I mean, they're going to have to win some games maybe you don't expect them to win, um, which was a strength of Tom O'Brien's, uh, but has not been for for Dave Doran. I mean, he, he's kind of won the games he's been supposed to win. He's he kind of when they play a lesser team, they, he beats them. He usually beats them pretty good, um, but when he's kind of had to punch above his weight class, that's where the problems have been. And now this will be his fourth year. I mean, yeah, you have more of your guys in, and there's fewer excuses, although there is a new starter quarterback. Um, and that's a big season for Dave Dorn. And it's, it's a really tough schedule to try to make a move against. One thing I wanted to address before we, we get out of here today, Joe, NC State-UNC on a Friday this year. That's the first time they're meeting not on a Saturday since 1999, the Thursday night game in Charlotte. Uh. Oh, the the end. Uh, Mike Michael Kane's Waterloo. Yeah, the safety playing quarterback. And, that was uh, just a god awful game, wasn't it? Oh dear goodness. Joe is sitting here groaning and sighing as he as we recollect this uh, in here. But Joe, I feel like this is a good thing for this rivalry. Now, granted, you do have Alabama Auburn on the Thanksgiving Friday. I don't know if that's an every year thing, or that certainly they play that game sometimes on Friday, but point is unc nc state gets lost a lot on rivalry weekend in college football and i feel like this is a good thing perhaps to increase the exposure the notoriety i feel like it adds some intrigue to that season ending game what do you think yeah i know it's in the middle of the high school playoffs but uh if they're going to play on friday in this state this is the friday i would prefer that they play um you know we're not texas we're not florida i don't think people live and die with high school football but i do think it should be respected 
And, you know, they've made this – the ACC has made this decision to play Friday night games in part because they're the redheaded stepchild to the SEC at ESPN. So they have to find their own room. And, you know, microcosm of that is this State Carolina game, which has been the, you know, the Jefferson Pilot 1230 special for however many years in a row. So, you know, it's nice that this game has a little window. They haven't set the time or anything like that, but it it does feel like – you know, it'll, it'll be a nice uh, chance to showcase uh, a rivalry. And that obviously is not huge on the national radar, but immensely important to our, our readers. Friday after Thanksgiving, you got that turkey digesting and the stuffing, and you've gone out for a nice little jog on that morning, and it's nice and brisk, and it's football weather. And I don't know, Joe, I kind of like it. Yeah, I do. But it's interesting, though, Carolina, they're too – I can't say biggest game. Two most interesting games to our people is a Thursday night at Duke and a Friday against NC State. You know, it's like <laughs> I, I, I don't. Know. Didn't they used to? Didn't they used to play college football on Saturday? Aren't they supposed to play college football on Saturday? Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna. I, I I like these two things individually. I just don't. Not sure. I'm crazy about the concept of, of completely getting away from Saturday. Well, Joe, we'll make some suggestions and see if they listen to the local newspaper as opposed to ESPN. What do you think? No, they still haven't listened to anything I've suggested, so I will not hold my breath on that front. And then real quick, Joe, before I let you go, I wanted to get your thoughts quickly on Wolfpack basketball. Now, in my wildly popular ACC power rankings that come out in print every Monday in the News and Observer, you can catch them there on reputable newsstands everywhere, I moved the Wolfpack up this past week. They were, they had been in second to last place in my power rankings the first three or four weeks of their existence just ahead of Boston College, which is not saying much. But after a very impressive win up at Pittsburgh and after a game against Duke where, you know, I don't, if Cat Barber does not get hurt in that game, that game changed when he hurt his knee, I felt like. And granted, NC State was not going to shoot as well as it did in the first half and the second half. But still, I thought that was a respectable showing for NC State against Duke last week. Yeah, they've played better. They put uh, Cody Martin in the starting lineup before the Carolina game. I think that's helped their offense. I think they've been more balanced. Uh, Malik Abu has been better, which they really need him to be a compliment to Cat. Um, you know, I, they, I think they just run out. Of, they've just run out of season. To be perfectly honest, I mean they're one and six. They're playing better, but you kind of needed to steal Duke. Um, and that Florida State game is probably going to be the one, you know, they lose at Virginia Tech, who you saw this weekend is fairly game at home, but still they're up 14 in the second half. They lose to Florida State, who's really not that good. Um, they're, they're in the same boat as NC State anyway. Uh, they play Georgia Tech on Wednesday, another game, another team in their same boat. And if you can't beat the teams in your boat, then you're in trouble. Florida State, I feel like, is the most disappointing team in the ACC. He has three studs on that team, and they're – Two and whatever in the conference. Yeah, and I feel like that I predict, correctly predicted that Florida State would struggle this year because they have too many of the same parts. But uh, that probably will be a different podcast. Very good. Well, Joe, thanks for coming in here and hanging out today on Amateur Hour, a special edition of Amateur Hour, breaking down the football schedules. And uh, yeah, it's been fun, man. Anytime, skinny. Anytime. Appreciate it, and thank you all out there for listening. We'll see you next week on Amateur Hour. Thank you.